All right, what's well, happened, people? Uh, yeah, got my first podcast out of the way. Actually, wasn't so bad after all. Once I kind of settled into it, it was all right. But getting into a rhythm of it now, so I'm not going to be too nervous about it, should I say. But um, I think this one I'm going to talk about, one of my favorite books. I, I'm going to have plenty more topics to discuss in general. But um, yeah, today I'm just going to talk about my favorite book. You've already read it. It's probably one of my favorite books of all time. It's called uh, Motivation Manifesto by Brendan Bouchard. You probably know him. I listen to a good few podcasts. Him. He's like one of those high-performance life coaches kind of people. But the, the book is about it's about 230-odd pages long. It's, it's, like it's, it's a very easy read. Like you, you get it done in a week or two if you're you know committed enough to it. Like it's it's very easy to retain, but yeah, essentially it's it's great for it. Kind of teaches the way of how you shouldn't be in this living for the weekend type of personality and how to do something that really makes you happy. So to start off, I'll just go over my summary of it. I guess so. Basically. I heard about this book in a podcast. Like when I was listening to this pod, I was listening to Brent for a podcast. I never actually knew this book existed, but I actually listened to another podcast where I reviewed this book. I was like, "Oh, that book kind of sounds, you know, sounds like a good one to read." Because I've only been into reading the last um, year or so. And if you if you follow my Instagram, I was like, "Oh, I tried to read fifteen books and all," but you know, I didn't actually end up reading fifteen books, but. No, this book now I re- I finished last year sometime finishing like November December but like I I, re- I glanced through it from time to time because it's it's just one of my favorites like I learned so much from it but um yeah so essentially it starts off with like the overall summary it's like why do we get up in the morning like what inspires us to greet a day and live a fulfilling life like. My, like motivation obviously is the key word in this because you know it's the title of the book. But Brendan discuss the discusses two sections. So one's on human nature. This discusses three three basics of human nature. That's freedom, fear, and motivation. And they're about seventy pages. It's about a third of the book nearly. Um, but no, that's and then he goes on about the nine declarations. I'll go through them in detail and one by one, but. They're all like every single section of this is just inspiring, and you, you, like you're gonna learn something. It's very easy to retain. But motivation, what is motivation? Motiv- motivation is the power to achieve things that you want in life. So you need to be motivated to pursue anything. Like think of um, an athlete having an event coming up, and they're motivated to train it hard, and they're dedicating their whole life, but nothing else. Um, think of a CEO who started up a business and they're trying, they're dedicating everything and being motivated to get their business up and going essentially. But people who are like deeply motivated are also deeply influential. And when they achieve their goals, they motivate others. That's basically the theme of the book. But the book can like, the book teaches us how to become powerful and motivated as well. And you'll find here, like this is like a good, like this will kind of give you a, a kick up the air essentially to become a lot more um, driven and like pursuing your life goals essentially. Like, like I think we live in this kind of 
we live in a society where where we kind of we rush our lives and we look forward to the weekend and and then before you know it, then you're like, oh, I could have just done more of my life. It's just like it's five days a week. You're like, can we for the week to be the weekend? Like, which we shouldn't be at all. Like, I'd rather work a job that's seven days a week, but I love it rather than working five days a week in a job that I, I absolutely hate. Like, even if it's a job like be working 12 hours a day every day and I love that I do it rather than working, say, a nine to five or an eight to four or 10 to six or et cetera, et cetera. You know, we're getting after that. Like, I, I, I don't want to be one of those people who are living, like, when it's Monday, I'm like, oh, can't wait for Friday night or can't wait for Saturday. I want to be in the present moment, you know, not rushing my life away. That's essentially what the book's going on about, really. And then, uh, basically, when I was on about my motivational rant and whatever, um, this is also called a manifesto. So, you know, the motivation manifesto is in the name. And a manifesto is essentially a call to make a serious commitment to find a focused purpose and pursuing the things that you love. And in summary, the book will discover... Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, what, like, the book discusses why you should never just feel fine or okay, because fine, fine, fine isn't... 100% fine you're not top of the world and you're fine you're just getting by and it discusses how to recapture the wide-eyed joy of childhood I think I discussed it a little bit in the, in the first podcast where I was on about how like if you're up to if you're a child you're still learning with the world and you're so present with everything because everything is all new to you it's just kind of how to live that life again and I think a lot of us spend so much time looking at a screen where when we look outside the outside world and put our phones down, you kind of open up and you're like, wow, like this is really taking it in. So basically the key idea for the motivation manifesto for one idea is motivation basically needs fuel to be, like needs fuel to be alive, to get, get open flames. It's like in, it's in our power to keep a fire burning. So if you ever met someone bring with energy um, full of purpose, full of life. Well, I mean, if some of you know me, it's probably me, but because <laughs> I am very hyper. But no, if you ever met, if you ever met someone who's really motivated and they're up there and they really want to like just get going at life, they're just, you can just tell they're driven. But you might like, you might think that these people were born that way, but it really isn't the case at all. I like, I think they had to really like get like a made life change to become the person they are today. But um, we can all like essentially pump up our motivation by first reflecting on our true ambitions. So, what is, what is ambition like? I mean, surely everyone knows, but not everyone. But like, you know, the proper definition of ambition is simply the choice to seek out something greater in life through more experience or higher achievement. So, without a set, without ambition, without drive, and without motivation, without all that them kind of things, your life is nothing but a shift, just a ship. Or, you know, you're basically an autopilot for a lot of your life. And when you kind of look back on it, you kind of regret the things that you don't do. But with ambition, you can kind of set goals that you really want to reach. Um, yeah, I actually don't know how, sorry, just off topic. I kind of don't know how my voice is sounding. Like, but I actually hate my accent. So if you hate my accent too, I completely understand. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let me know how this sounds. I have headphones in and a mic, but it should be all right. But sorry, move back on. But how do you kindle your ambition? You kind of have to 
question yourself. You have to you have to like question everything that you do. So, for example, if you've been at a job for I don't know, say a year or two or wherever how long, you have to ask yourself: Is this the best job you could have, or could you be better? Like, could you be like we can all be better? We all have all this unlimited potential we've yet to unlock. Essentially, this book is telling us. So we can we can we are much better people than what we perceive and what society perceives us to be. Like we have a lot of unknown potential to unlock our true selves. And I get like another thing is um like if you're going out with a, a girlfriend or if you have a girlfriend or if you have a boyfriend or are you gonna think to yourself, is this the best is this the best person for me? Are they bringing out the best version of yourselves? Because a lot of people are end up in stagnant relationships and they're not really happy and they're thinking, geez, could I do better? Maybe I need some time alone. Is this person dragging me down? Is this person changing me? It's just kind of like, it's kind of stuff like that, essentially. But you, you, you probably get the gist of it yourself. But like asking, asking yourself these questions can like draw your attention to ambitions you might otherwise ignore. So it's also important to remember that having ambition is different to having hope. Um, but what does this mean exactly? So say you, Say, for example, you dream of completing a triathlon, let's just say. So I think, yeah, Brendan discusses this in the book. It is one of the chapters on motivation. But, yeah, so say you are completing a triathlon. Like, while it's, like, daunting, you've always hoped to get into enough shape to one day achieve it. But with this perspective, you'll never make it because by hope, hope never really – hope is just – living in this false reality where you need to be in the now and take the initiative. You need to start like right now. You can't start tomorrow. Don't start next week. Don't start next month. It's always you have to start right now. If you want to make a change, you have to do it right now. And you have to visualize yourself. Like if you're going to try out, you have to visualize yourself in the water swimming or on your bike or in your new run shoes or actually participating and in the line crossing the finish line. That's you need to, you need to, perceive yourself being in the actual race and thinking about all the hard work you've done to get there. So you have to expect that you will succeed. And when you imagine yourself succeeding, that is like the real spark of motivation. When by picturing yourself with the gold medal, that's really what's going to get the motivation at its highest. But once you kind of kindle your motivation, you need to keep it burning. So how, how do we do this essentially? So like motivation, it's like, it's like, it's like fire or a car. It needs fuel. It needs continuous effort. We have all these days where we all curl up in the bed and do absolutely nothing with our day, which is kind of easier to do because we're stuck in a level five on the brink of a lockdown and we have to stay at home. But, but just in a normal scenario, let's say, but developing like solid routines and good habits um and by surrounding ourselves with strong support systems we'll be able to jump out of bed and like get into our kind of get into our runner like say if you're doing a triathlon runner shoes even when you're rather hit the snoop one like the, mo- the the motivation but this is where i think that it's more disciplined motivation like it's very hard to stay motivated 30 365 days a year like i think like just days when I'm training and I really don't want to go, but it's just discipline and kind of drive that gets me going. Because once I kind of, once I kind of skip a day, I'm just like, oh, it's only one day. I'll skip another day and another day. And then before you know, like if, it, if I say oh, I skip one day a week, that'll be 52 days of the year I skipped. 
just for training. So I think by obviously you do need to have a rest and your body doesn't need a rest. But I just think it's just kind of I'm so mentally wired with training and discipline and motivation that I it's driven into me just over the years that I don't really need motivation. It's just discipline. I'm just so naturally used to this. My body just, it's just like me brushing my teeth or making my bed or making my breakfast. It's just so hardwired into me. But another idea that Brendan discusses is um, a yearning for freedom and the burden of fear are humankind's most fundamental driving forces. So does it ever seem to you that there's always something stopping you from being completely free? Like, is it... A job is it your family is it money is it god knows what your how you look like how you are you worried about how you look how you're perform etc etc like if so you're essentially not alone because i suffer with this as well and i think a lot of us have suffered with this and we all feel frustrated when our sense of freedom is curtailed but we have to question why do we feel this way like without personal freedom, we can't realize that our potential as an individual or a society and we need to stop demanding the freedom we need. Like life rapidly loses all the vigor and drive and we become slaves to this society, to the wants and the expectations of others. So what this is why that's a saying you should prioritize yourself over others. Like you are the one who's stopping yourself from achieving what you want, not other people. Like you can only look at yourself like other people aren't going to do what you want. Like people are going to do, people are going to ask you to do things for their sake and not for yours. They're going to they want to do what benefits them and they don't really care about you at the end of the day because at the end of the day, as humans, we're only here to survive and to reproduce. So that's really what's, what's everyone, every human's going to prioritize themselves essentially. But the lack of freedom can easily spiral out of control it can do serious damage not only to people but also to entire societies just think of let's say the holocaust for example where many people still like stood in fear as thousands had their freedom cruelly taken from them like they couldn't do they felt like they'd not they could do nothing but they did have a choice they could like they didn't have to just stand there and just take it well i mean obviously it's a different different scenario back then living in fear but just saying there was a, there's always a choice to do everything. But even today, many of us just feel oppressed, worrying about what other people would think and afraid to pursue what we really want from life. So we're all afraid. That, that's the really one thing that like I, let's say podcast, for example, I'm afraid of starting this because the old me last year would have been afraid of how people would perceive me, what people would say, what people about me. Because in Ireland and England, and like it's okay in America, but in Ireland anyway, you, uh, it's really hard to do anything without people commenting or giving out or slagging you. Like it was after a while though, you just really stop learning to give a shit. Like I, 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 I couldn't give, I couldn't care less what people say about me or think about me now. Cause at the end of the day, we're only an afterthought. Like people only what give out for what, 10 minutes most. And then they just go on with their lives. Like our lives are not, our lives don't revolve around other people. And, yeah, it's like we, just can, we can do better than that. But then that's fear then taking over as well. Like fear is like one of the biggest obstacles in life, essentially in general. Um, but that, but then again, fear is the only way we can, like personal freedom is the only way 
like past fear like if we overcome fear we can attain our personal freedom like fear is like a powerful part of our human psyche in our evolutionary past fear served as well keeping us from danger but how does fear benefit us today in the modern world so you might hear people say fear is natural or fear makes you work harder sure this may be true at times like but in most cases it isn't like like people think that love and hate like the two most valuable or not valuable uh two most prominent emotions in the world but really isn't it really it's more love and fear but in fact like pretend that fear is our friend rather than like having a wolf as a pet like sooner or later this wild animal will turn on us and eat us alive that's an analogy i like to use but um the, uh, the, there's another idea number three so we stop looking over our shoulder at what was concentrate on what is now and practice happiness so I'm going to go back into the children thing. So children kind of live in the moment, looking at the world as it is now, seizing every second to explore and play and push boundaries is an exhilarating and freeing perspective on life. But yet, as we become adults and grow older, we often lose the ability to see the world in this way. This is due to many factors, such as looking at your phone, kind of just your brain just being just used to the idea of seeing things the same way, etc. etc. Like we have experienced a lot of the world. So too many of us, a lot of us, now I'm going to go into like how a lot of us are obsessed with the past. So this book discusses how we live way too much into the past to dwell into what we can work on in the moment. So as people are looking backwards to what they believe was a happier time, thinking if only life could be like that again, I'd be happier. And others see the past as the cause of all of today's problems and spend hours thinking, if only that happened, happened, I'd be happier. With such a perspective, the present moment is tainted by the sadness of what could have been. Obsessing about the past closes us off from the world and drains our motivation. So how can we break this vicious cycle and sadness and regret? And regret? Sorry. Um, so basically, you should ask yourself, what in my life could I focus right now to feel enthusiastic and appreciative? Don't do just once. Make it a mantra that you repeat. The more you consider this question, the easier it will be to truly live in the moment. With this approach, being happy is something you can practice. If you want to live life to the fullest, you got to work at being, being joyful and curious. Happiness isn't just something that just happens. It's a state of being outside of your control. Thinking this way pushes you towards negativity or dark feelings that can be contagious. Yes, negativity isn't the only thing that's contagious. Happiness is as well. Think... For an example, think of the last time you spent an afternoon surrounded by children playing. You won't find better teachers of joy. Learn to ask, what have I tried every day to look at the world with the curiosity and presence of a child? And I think if you kind of start to look at, perceive life that way again, it will really kind of increase your happiness because a lot of us spend all our lives trying to be happy and they're like, what if I get this, I'll be happy. Like by materialistic items to make them, if I get this car, I'll be happy. If I get this phone, I'll be happy. I'll be, if I get this uh, holiday, I'll be happy. But I think we should always be looking for happiness. Like we should never be content with what we have. We should just constantly strive to be better because no one really, like it's easy to become enlightened. Like obviously like a Buddhist monk, would be like because everybody wants those happy people in the world. That's because they meditate, but that's for another kind of for another day. But I think by setting yourself like small wins, small wins is kind of what gets you happy. So say talking to a person you have a crush on in a shop or in a gym, obviously like it's different. You can't really go chatting with people these days with this whole pandemic. But just like say if you actually have a crush, like that's a small win. If you actually chat them up and you feel much better about yourself talking to them 
because you're going to like tackling your fears you're overcoming this negativity and like past experiences you're in the present not giving a shit about anything else and even something small like um cleaning the house or um making your bed going for a walk it's just that just that extra one percent each day is what making your what's making your life better and making you happy as a person so another idea that this book brings is a little humble faith will help slay your inner demons a little reckless inspiration helps a lot too so we all have these uh <clears throat> inner demons they lurk in the shadows of our mind keeping us from achieving what we really want but fortunately like these demons can be conquered all we need are the right weapons so when you start a new project let's say you might ask is this really a good idea or perhaps can i really pull this off if we let doubt take over our motivation can disappear but our only cure for this like the situation is fate not like uh not like a institutionalized faith but a humble kind of faith that lives in you and strengthens you when you feel doubt tell yourself if i work hard and dedicate all my efforts to my task in time i'll achieve my dreams so by shaping your thoughts and keeping by maintaining that faith in yourself you'll find that it's easy to work steadily towards your goals but what if your goals seem impossible perhaps even a little crazy keep in mind that no great innovation has ever come about by taking a safer road to contribute to the world sometimes you need to be a little bit reckless perhaps a little bit crazy but another thing as well like if you're if you're setting yourself a goal you should like say if you want to make um oh god let me think um say if you're a salesman and you want to sell 50 uh jesus i don't know um 50 watches let's say you should try say if you want to sell 50 watches you try aim for 100 watches because you might not even get to the 100 but even if you get the 50 you're still making money like you're still you're still winning you're still selling more like 50 more watches than he did like the last few times you know like it's you need to kind of exceed your expectations but be happy with what results you get but keep striving like don't give up when you're when it's not going well or not, don't give up if you don't reach that goal you just got to keep striving and striving that's essentially what this book is kind of telling us but the sort of recklessness you need is the kind that will serve you best as when there's a challenge to what you take for granted and try to keep seeking out something truly new which i keep saying again is keep trying new things keep trying keep trying keep trying to do this you really like you need to realize that you could actually bend your reality to your will your time is not carved in stone, but if you put your mind to it, you can change it. So great men and women throughout centuries have pulled their motivation from this realization. Think about when um, the moon, like the the moon landing in the 1960s, is a great example. I know probably some people think that's fake, but I, I think it's real personally. But it's another topic for another day. But at the time, sending a man to the moon seemed impossible, if not dangerous. But the project was a success, and from that moment, changed the world's idea of what was possible. So another idea, I think it's on my fourth or fifth idea now, but um, I think I discussed this earlier, um, that fine isn't enough. Like fine, you aren't 100%. And that's another thing that Brandon talks about in this book here. But it strives for the fantastic living in your own terms, inspiring others to follow. So what what when you do what you love, it's not just happiness to grow. It will also radiate good energy and even inspire others. So everyone has the potential 
to become a beacon of hope for other people. And this role is something for which you should strive. But how how does one achieve this? But it's actually kind of simple in a way. You have to do what you're passionate about. And I'm actually going to like talk about passion later on in my other page. I'm going to discuss discuss what how to find your passion, how to be passionate, and how to not live this very mundane kind of lifestyle. But when you're asked how you're feeling, do you often say, I'm fine? But it's fine, like really the best you can do. Like, why aren't you like feeling phenomenal? Why aren't you feeling great? Why aren't you feeling fantastic? Etc. 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 But if you have time to do more things you really enjoy and that made you feel proud of yourself, you could live a life that transcends just fine. Like try asking yourself if the people closest to you, your family, your friends, your colleagues, know what your true passions are. If they don't, it it probably means you're not really who you truly are inside. Like don't let your life be dictated by what others, what other people do, what you, not sorry. Fucking stutter as usual. But don't let your life be dictated by what other people want you to do. If you allow others to like pen you in and keep you in from your passions, your integrity and dignity will suffer. So you need to learn, you need to like kind of grow a pair of ball, grow a pair of ball essentially and learn to say no to doing anything that goes against your passions no matter what the price is like like i was saying earlier on just don't do things to make other people happy like do what makes you happy and i kind of only learned that like last year that i need to do what's right for me and not for other people obviously yeah it does help having other people but ultimately your happiness is most important to you at the end of the day but today's world is full of like conflict and poverty. At the same time, apathy is widespread. So ours is a world in a desperate need of role models and experiment leaders. So why look to others to fill this void? We must realize that we can all play that role and that we can all aspire. Yet perhaps you don't think yourself a leader or capable of telling other people what to do. Remember this, great leaders don't tell people what to do. They inspire them to find their path. So I'm not going to ramble on too much longer here, but in summary, like this is one of my favorite books ever and i could talk all day about it but the nine declarations i thought i mentioned them later on but they're basically the section one i discussed was human nature it's all about freedom personal freedom fear and motivation how to like tackle these head on and then section two is like nine declarations that he discusses so that's the first one is we should meet life with full presence and power the second one is we should reclaim our agenda the third one is we shall defeat our demons. The fourth one is we should advance with abandon. The fifth one is we shall practice joy and gratitude. Number six is we shall not break our integrity. Number seven is we shall amplify love. Number eight is we shall inspire greatness. And number nine is we shall slow time. So the key message in this book is to keep in mind the six F's of, of motivation. Forget the past. Fuel the fire of your motivation. Have faith in yourself. Strive for fantastic things. Never forgetting that freedom and fear are your primal motivators. So that's basically the book in a nutshell. It's one of my favorite books ever. I know I keep saying that, but it really and truly is. I can't wait to get reading it again. I'd easily read this and I recommend this to anybody. I think it cost me like 15 euro in essence, but even if you listen to Brenda Bichard's um, podcasts and all that, like they're very, very, they're like he's very, very motivating. He's a brilliant guy to listen to, and I would recommend. But I'll leave it here. I don't want to ramble on too much. But thanks for listening, and 
yeah, shoot me a DM if you want anything else discussed. But thank you very much and have a good day. Bye bye.